want to encourage you to look back on YouTube or on the WhatsApp that I sent around to look at the videos that we did of the introduction. We did Mida 1, Mida 2, Mida 3. I don't know about you, but I'm a totally different person. I'm sure everybody is reading this and is going around in their lives and they see a situation and they say, Mikel Kamaycha, Noise Avoin, Oivra Apesha. And now we're up to Mishairis Nachlasai to the remnant of his Nachla, of his inheritance. HaKadosh Baruch Hu acts towards Bnei Yisrael in this way, saying, What shall I do with Klal Yisrael? They are my relatives with whom I have a close relationship. Bnei Yisrael are like HaKadosh Baruch Hu's spouse. And furthermore, he calls them Biti, Achoisi, Imi, calls them my daughter, my sister, my mother, as Chazal say. Furthermore, it says, Yisrael Am Kroivoy, my nation, Yisrael, the nation related to him. We are related to Hashem. Mamish kurva yeshla yimahem uvan of him. It's mamish that we are, we are related to Hashem. It's an unbelievable zach. Chsiv Yisrael am kreivoy. Mamish kurva yeshla yimahem uvan of him. Behainu l'she'eris nachlosoy l'shoin she'er basar. V'soif soif heim nachlosoy. So it says that we're actually related to him. We are his children. The Pasuk says, to the remnant of his inheritance, using the word She'eris, which means, also means close relative, She'er. In any event, the word does not lose its simple meaning. It means that we are his inheritance. What does Hashem say? If I punish them, their pain will be mine. As it says in the Pasuk, B'chal Tzarasam, Loitzar, in all of their suffering, means our suffering, Hashem suffers. People think, Nebuch, we grow up with this idea that Hashem is like this mean principle. And he likes getting you. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm going to punish you. When we suffer, Hashem suffers. Isn't that amazing? It's an amazing thing because we're Basar Vadam. So if you hurt your finger, how could Hashem hurt? No, He cares. He cares about our physical pain. He cares about our emotional pain. He really cares. And He hurts when we hurt. I, I just, I'm thinking about it a little bit deeper. Sometimes we're puny little humans. We get offended. You know, we get hurt for no reason, we don't see the big picture, we get insulted, it doesn't matter. Hashem doesn't say, you know, if you would look at it the right way, it wouldn't hurt you. He hurts when we hurt. Because otherwise he would never hurt. If he's going to look at it from a himlechazach, why should he ever hurt? And that's very interesting, because when you go to G'day Le'olam, and you tell them your pain, they never tell you, you see, because you don't learn. Learn Torah, and you'll be a, become a Tamil Chacham. You wouldn't care so much. Become a Tzaddik, it wouldn't bother you. They don't look down at people. They don't say, You're wasting your time. They say, you're in pain. It hurts them that you're in pain. It really hurts them. They daven for us. Why don't they say, Do tshuva. You're, you're, you're a low life. No. So the G'daylam go like Hashem, that He hurts when we hurt. Who are the people that when someone is in pain, they, they, they give them Musr, on top of the pain, they give them Musr. Small people. And they do it in the name of Hashem. Small people say, oh, you know, it's your fault, and don't be so small-minded, and you're thinking petty, and you're an addict, and you're this, and you're depressed, and anxiety, and they like, like blame you, you know? Hashem doesn't do that. He hurts when we hurt. No matter why we hurt, He's hurting. B'chal tzarasam, b'chal tzarasam, b'chal. Lay tzar, lay with avav. Hashem feels our pain. The word lay in this verse is written with an aleph to teach us that their suffering reaches pele elyon and all the more so do partsufen. Now these are things that I don't understand. Okay, there's a little bit of Kabbalah over here. 
He was unable to endure the pain of Yisrael, the pain of Yisrael. It says in Shaftim because Hashem cannot endure the pain and shame since they are she'eris nachlasei. They are the remnant of his inheritance. We go way, way, way back, right? You know, you see the Yidden from the from the Holocaust, the she'eris hapleta. We're all she'eris hapleta. We are the leftovers after Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov and all of the gullus that we went through. Hashem feels for us. He says, these, these, look at these kids. These are the She'eris Nachlasai. This is, this is what's left over. Bottom line is, this is who he has. We're all he has. This is all you got. It's us and, uh, us and Hashem. And Hashem realizes that. He says, listen, this is, this is all I have left. So therefore, Kacha Adam im one person, so too you with your friend, with another Jew. We are all relatives. Our souls are combined together. Our souls are combined together. Every Jew has within himself a portion of another Yid's soul. And that is why the merit of a large gathering of people to do a mitzvah is incomparable because our souls are combined. So they're like magnets of different pieces that they come together. We are all coming from one mikar. We're all connected. We're all connected, but we really are connected, right? Therefore, Chazal tell us that the first ten people to arrive in shul receive a reward equivalent to everyone who comes after them, even if they are a hundred, Gemara and Brachas. The number one hundred was specifically used here, since each of the first ten are included in one another. So therefore, they are ten times ten, which equals a hundred. Each one of them includes one hundred. Thus, even if one hundred come after, each of the first ten already has a reward for all one hundred. And it's for this reason, if you want to know why, why do we say Yisrael Arevim Zelazah? All of Yisrael are responsible for each other because every Jew has within himself a portion of every other Jew. So when one person sins, he harms not only himself, but also the portion of a fellow Jew's soul included within, within him. Due to his shared soul, he is responsible for the other, thus they are like one flesh. That's why we should go ahead and we should seek the benefit of our fellow Jews. We should look that they should have toiv. They should have an ayin toiv. They should be pleased with our fellow success. Instead of saying, I'm jealous or I'm looking down. and No, we should be really happy to see somebody else's be, somebody else be successful at whatever it is that they're doing. Let his fellow's honor be as dear to him as his own, because we are in fact one and the same. And that's why, love your neighbor as yourself. It is proper for one to seek the well-being of his fellow, and never speak against him or desire his disparagement, just as a Kaddish Baruch Hu does not want to be disgraced or harmed, since we are his relatives. He too should never desire disgrace, pain, or failure to befall a fellow Yid. These things should affect him as if he were to suffer the same pain himself, or conversely, if he were to enjoy the same good fortune. That is the Midah of She'eris Nachlasai of Midah Dalid. Definition of the Attribute. A person might be offended or injured to the extent that he is sorely tested to restrain himself, to restrain his anger, even after 
he has considered the first three attributes, he still cannot come to terms with the injustice perpetuated against him. We all remember the Jacoby family, right? And how, how rude the guy was. We, right? And still, he thinks, you know what? I'm going to be a first midah, second midah, third midah. And he's still, it's such an injustice. So such a person should consider that despite the injuries he received, the person who harmed him is still a Jew, and all Jews are like family to one another. He can have mercy and forgive the person who harmed him out of a sense of kinship. By doing so, he awakens Hashem's attribute of mercy expressed by to the remnant of his inheritance, the bringing that element of mercy into the world. And this is really, he ends with each midah, with these same words, which is so powerful, by doing so, which is going, by doing so, we awaken Hashem's midah of mercy to be used for everybody in the world. Practical example. A delivery truck pulled into the driveway and started unloading building supplies. Finally, the Jacobi's construction project was underway. They were extending their apartment. Now, they could host their next Sheva Brachas in their home. They wouldn't need to use the yard anymore. We remember how miserable it was in the yard. And all the neighbors, and breaking the fence, and the dirt, and stuff. Listen to the last chapters, you'll really be able to see what what kind of a disaster that was. Fine, so now they're extending their apartment. Construction projects are difficult, but living with a large family in a cramped apartment is even more difficult. The truck driver unloaded the new floor tiles in the building's lobby. The following morning, the construction workers would carry them up the stairs to the Jacoby's fourth floor apartment. Mr. Jacoby came home from work, walked into the building lobby, and was shocked to see his floor tiles smashed and scattered all over the lobby. What happened, he thought to himself. Who might have broken them? It must have been his son, Maishi. He already heard Maishi brag to the neighbors about his imaginary position of project manager. Only I'm allowed to touch the building supplies, Maishi told people. Maishi imagined that he was some kind of experienced worker who knew how to handle expensive supplies. He had probably tried to carry a heavy load of tiles up the stairs and dropped them on the way. Mr. Jacoby was furious. He would teach Maishi a lesson once and for all. What business did he have taking things without permission and breaking them? He stomped up the first set of stairs, planning to give Maishi a punishment to remember. However, as he continued climbing one flight after another, it's a good thing he lived on the fourth floor, he started to cool down. Maishi was his son after all. How would he react to the punishment? Maishi had just been trying to help. He would probably be deeply offended and even cry. Mr. Jacoby imagined how this conversation would proceed, and he started to calm down. By the time he reached his front door, his compassion for his son had overcome his anger, and he was trying to think of a gentler way to make the point. The front door opened, and and he walked in. Hello, he called out to his dust-filled home. His wife came over to greet him. Did you see that floor tiles arrive today? Yes, I saw them. I also saw the package of tiles that Maishi broke. How could he be so irresponsible? Where is he now? I want to have a word with him. Maishi asked his wife. Maishi could not have broken those anything. He came home right after school, and he hasn't been downstairs since the tiles arrived. He went to sleep early, early tonight, and he's in bed now. So who broke the tiles? The neighbors also have children who know how to break tiles. Not just us, said Mrs. Jacoby. Suddenly, Mr. Jacoby's anger started swelling up in his chest again. He was at a loss for words. What kind of chutzpah was this? How could they be so irresponsible? How could they be so thoughtless? Why did they let their children run around breaking others, other people's property? He had a mind to yell at them and warn them to be more careful. They had just acted like, like, like Maishi. 
Yes, precisely, like Moishi. But when he thought that his own son, Moishi, had done it, he was able to overcome his anger. He could find a way to become more patient and understanding with his own son. But what about his neighbors? Were they not also children to their own parents? Were they not also patient and understanding of all the noise and disturbance involved in the renovations? Mr. Jacoby reconsidered. On the one hand, he could be berate the neighbor's children and perhaps push the parents to pay. Had they been a part of his family, it wouldn't have been different, but it would have been different, but who says it has to be different? The next day, the construction workers would carry the remaining tiles up the stairs, but not only would the tiles be lifted up, Mr. Jacoby would also be uplifted because he had managed to conquer his anger by realizing that we are all family, we are all siblings, and Hashem is the father of us all. When people are sensitive to one another's plight, with a feeling that we are like family, and that the other person's joy is our joy, and that the other person's pain is our pain, it opens a tziner. Hashem has mercy on us out of the aspect of familial relation, so to speak, that Hashem has with us. Very nice. It's very easy to talk about, and it's very easy, very hard to do, because because um, it feels like we're being taken advantage of, and we have a score to settle, and it's not right. We have to look at all these situations that Hashem is giving us a chance to open up a shefa. He wants to give us extra. And by going ahead and using these midas, it's allowing us to have extra shefa.